Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we've got technology news for 2016, including a preview of the Consumer Electronics Show happening right now in Las Vegas. We talk a one or two things that have happened. We also talk about Facebook getting a little paranoid about its partner at Google. We also talk about uh, who wants content, who doesn't want content. We've got some picks. We've got some fun times ahead. Join us. Don't Panic starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 115, recorded January 4th, 2016, on smaller Wi-Fi, Facebook's backup, and disco drones. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast um, that does technology. I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by the uh, autonomous self-driving car and intelligence home appliance of technology. Uh, they're both heavily can promoted this fridge? week. Can I be the fridge? You can be the fridge with the big screen. <laughs> you bet, Colby. Um, can I be must... that useless washing machine we talked about last year? Oh, there's more useless stuff this year, Dan, for you to be. <laughs> I saw the the smart uh, uh, plant pot. That, that that has like 18 yeah. sensors that monitors your plant and waters See, it. See, no, I find that much more compelling than the washing machine. Actually, I wanted to buy it. It's 100 bucks though. That's a, yeah. That's not in uh, in range for something like or that for me. There was a smart ceiling fan. I saw that. Which is I, a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Because it's kind of inconvenient to use. Right. What else was there? Actually, the ceiling fan need... I guess ceiling fans do have like speeds and stuff. I was like, why do they have? Why does it need to be smart? Why can't you just have a switch? But, no, but then when your door opens, you can turn the fan on automatically only during certain times of the year. Sure, but um, I was thinking like ceiling fans are usually on a light switch, right? Yeah. So like sometimes mine isn't, which is why. Oof. Oh wow! Someone tied a string from the pull chain back to the wall so that you can just yank on it like a yeah. like the whole oh, yeah. of, of a train. I, I remember that. That's fantastic. <laughs> but hey, I, I could be just like Colby and take out my smartphone and press a button and, and wait a couple seconds for it to turn on instead. It's not convenient. That's see that's why what I want is the the built into the wall like light switch replacements. Those are the best because one they're also a switch, but two you can switch them off with your phone and it's uh, it's synchronized. Like anything else is not good enough. Like all this stuff I have now is not good enough. What do you mean synchronized? Like it's it's a switch, so it's it's not it's like a physical switch, and the status of the physical switch matches the status of like. Oh, the, so it's mechanical. It right. like it moves. is both mechanical and electronic. Uh-huh. Well, I don't, I don't know if it's like necessarily mechanical in in a traditional light switch mechanical fashion, but there's like a button on the wall that you can press. Oh, okay. So it goes in like you take out this the the light switch out of your wall, and you put in. This. Otherwise, you would always have to have the light switch on for these other things to work. Right. Mm. Science. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's my dream someday. Well, maybe it'll come true this week at CES, Colby. Um, as you guys know, and as our listeners know, um, I would say our biggest shows of the year are Apple events, our year-end show, and our CES show. And you're in luck because this is not our CES show. That's actually <laughs> next week. 
because nothing, <laughs> very little has happened so far. <laughs> so all the big all the big press conferences are Tuesday tomorrow. So you're not going to get anything. NVIDIA is actually doing theirs right now all about uh, how they're going to put a supercomputer in every self-driving car uh, the size of a lunchbox. Right. Um, and uh, and actually later tonight, uh, Faraday Future, the super secret car company, is going to announce their like space age car to compete with Tesla. Um, but we'll have coverage of that and all of tomorrow's announcements on next week's show. Sorry. Can't do much about that. But we do have things to talk about tonight. Before we get to them, gentlemen, is there anything we've been off now? We had two weeks. Is there anything that happened or anything you'd like to talk about or any technology that excites you? Or is the, I'm just well, giving you the opportunity. The floor is open. I watched Rick and Morty right before. Yes, I and I watched Mad Max. That's right. We have to talk about our, our crisp dollar bill challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go we be never... We never exchanged the dollar bill. What was what was contingent upon the dollar bill again? No, you bet me a dollar bill. I'd like it. Oh. Okay. So, well. so I I guess that means you owe me a dollar bill. <laughs> That's how you're it works. Jump, you're jumping right to the gun. I'm jumping right to the gun. But but we'll get to that first. Uh, <laughs> I will recap. If you didn't listen to our last episode, we did our favorite things of the year pick. And Dan and I challenged each other to take the crisp dollar bill challenge in which we bet each other a dollar we would like each other's things. I picked for him, I picked three shows, but I made him only watch two of them because I figured that was too much. Um, and, and I think he only and then watched I one, actually only watch one of them. Which is so. fine. Because it's a good one. Rick and Morty on Adult Swim, if you haven't seen it. That was one of my, my three big TV show picks for the year. And Dan, what did you challenge me to? I challenge you to watch the, the, the cinematic movie Mad Max. Oscar contender. Oscar, yes. Some would even say Best Picture nominee. Mm. Mm. And we bet each other a crisp dollar that we would like each other's respective things. <laughs> um, Dan, would you like me to go first or would you like to go first? I'll go first. All right. So I, I only watched two episodes, so I feel like for a, a TV show, that's not a very broad uh, viewing of something. Uh, but Rick and Morty is a little bit, it's a little bit like Futurama, which may be how this was brought up. I guess not. It was just something you liked. Mm -hmm. uh, but I really like Futurama, and there's a lot of great Futurama, like, science-y sort of stuff happening here. Nice. And uh, similar sorts of quick humor things happening. Uh, so overall, <clears throat> I enjoyed it. I will uh, enter it into, and I'll watch the other two. Uh, and see where they fall but this is a great like oh i have 20 minutes to watch tv yeah sort of thing. uh yeah. this thing it is a little bit disgusting yes it's just like <laughs> uh i don't know it's, it's, it's a little hard, too sensitive for your delicate get... sensibilities dan <laughs> it's hard to get over it sometimes <laughs> but overall i liked it good good well let me talk about mad max mm. I will say, because I've talked to both these guys about it when we weren't on the show, it has grown on me. But let me let me explain a little bit. I watched Mad Max. I got the Blu-ray. And it was good, not great. And I I think I've upgraded that. That was my original. And I think I upgraded that to pretty good, not Oscar contender. So I've shifted up in the scale a little bit. Okay, what caused your shift? Because I think I went in with really high expectations, which I don't think was fair. And that mm. I was really genuinely expecting this to be, like, an insane, like, 
earth-shattering, mind-blowing, off-the-charts film. And when you go in with that expectation, any movie is not going to live up to that, really. So that's what it was. I think it was just a little overhyped. And then when I kind of thought about except it... Except for Star Wars. Except for Star Wars, <laughs> which exceeded the enormous over-the-top hype, let's be honest. Um, and so, yeah, so Mad Max, I would say it's, it's a pretty good film. I would recommend people see it. I would not tell you not to see it. I would not say it... I don't think it should win Best Picture. I don't think... Should it be nominated for Best Picture? Well, they nominate up to 10. I mean, Avatar got a, a, an Oscar nomination. Okay. District 9 got an Oscar nomination. I mean, a, a lot of, you know, it would not surprise me at all. But I don't think it should necessarily win. Maybe for Best Director. And I think there were some things I would have done differently if I were making the movie. But mm-hmm. overall, it was an enjoyable way to spend two hours of my life. And I think people, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's at least worth, like, you know, watching. What would you do differently? Um, I just, it just felt to me like there were two, they spent the whole movie focusing on the visual and not enough focusing on the dialogue. And that is really what it comes down to because it was beautiful to look at. But I just wanted more of the characters and I wanted more dialogue. And I realize that's not what he's going for and that's not the point. And But that's just what I prefer. I would have liked to have seen more development, more backstory, more more exposition between the characters. Um, okay. But that's just, I, like I said, I was surprised. You get through almost the first half of the movie and there's almost no dialogue. <laughs> um, and that really surprised me because I wasn't expecting that. You got Morton Joe screaming and and I think uh, Furiosa says a couple words. and I, She and barely talks through the whole first part of the movie. Um, yeah. And that kind of bummed me out a little bit because I really liked the character. But I wanted more. I wanted more. So... Maybe, maybe what I want is a sequel. I don't know. I'm sure. I think you're going to get one, right? Well, it made a ton of money. So knowing Hollywood, yes, it wouldn't surprise me. I just don't know if yeah. they are they going to bring back the same characters or, or what they'll do. Oh, I don't. I, I haven't watched any of the older ones, but I think that the tradition is they don't bring back. Mad Max is the only character. Mm-hmm. And he's just sort of a uh, something that th- things happen to him. Uh, and he just goes around through this world. Yeah, but... I, True, but I wonder, I mean, was Mad Max really the star of Mad Max? In this one? Yeah. Oh, I don't think he was in this one. No, I think this so one especially I... was more, he was he was just a passive, not observer, but a, a passive participant in uh, someone you could pretend that you were and not suddenly have this dissonance like, oh, I, I couldn't do those things. I mean, there are some things you couldn't do. Well, and he was also the guy who tied it back to the other movies, right? And, and kept right. it with the franchise name. Mm-hmm. Which, honestly, I, I, it's kind of weird that they did that now in retrospect because the movie, it could have been called anything, and I, I don't think it it needed to be Mad Max. I mean, maybe that was what it took to get the studio to give the money or what it took to get distribution, I don't know. But it is kind of weird when you think about it that I would bet 80% of the people who saw this movie had never seen the previous ones. Well, I think probably, but they, ha- they held a lot of, a lot of weight. Uh, and the director for uh, Mad Max is also known for Happy Feet and Babe. <laughs> I so, didn't know that. That's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. uh, yep, he did all the Mad Max movies, Babe, Happy Feet, and then Mad Max again, pretty much. Awesome. Yeah. I think I feel like Max was kind of a useful plot device to, like, 
insert you like randomly into this into this world mm-hmm. right um, where you don't really know anything know anything about it that was one of my favorite parts and i think i mentioned this with that they don't hold your hand like the new star wars yes. movie they don't try to explain what's going on you you're left to your imagination to explain things for yourself about why things are happening mm-hmm. yeah and it was that it bothered me while watching the movie and then they kind of they made it better by the end the ending was what saved it i, I don't know i felt the first half was really slow i was tempted to turn it off and i really what? had to i know i really had to hang in there um <sighs> But the I, first but I, half was really slow. I don't, I can't imagine anyone ever saying that about Mad Max. My yeah. God. I'm a weird guy. <laughs> what can I say? I've got terrible taste. I'm not the guy to ask. Okay. But uh, you don't you don't owe me a dollar, Dan. So you you can keep your. Okay. You can I, keep I thought your I did uh, last week. I thought I did for sure. No, I I got a dollar's worth of entertainment out of it. So. You can you can keep your dollar. It was worth. It. If it were like the fifty dollar challenge, I would say, oh hey, oh hey, how <laughs> about that? But uh, all right, cool. We'll have to we'll have to come up with another uh, dollar challenge uh, for next year. Yes, something we'll like that. Colby in on this one, so he can he has to watch something. That really means though we need a a fourth person to participate in it. Mm. Or like we need like a three way going, like a three way <laughs> crisp dollar bill challenge. <laughs> We'll be exchanging dollar bills during our three-way. It'll be great. Um, God, weird. <laughs> of course, it did. Uh, it wouldn't be. Uh, it wouldn't be us if it didn't get weird. Um, fantastic. Well, uh, enough chit chatter. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we do a little tech news? It's apparently what we're known for. Um, we've done 114 of these, so why change now? Um, where would you guys like to start? We don't have a ton of news because it's post-holidays pre-ces so we're kind of in between um is there anything in here yeah the the new wi-fi stuff i haven't read about it at all and it sounds suspicious it's it sounds suspicious well dan uh i will tell you about it there's no need to be suspicious dan remember wi-fi is your friend right um a friend that is going to make your smart devices even better so dan you have uh, an apple watch uh-huh. You, do you have any other smart device? Colby's got smart yeah, light got bulbs. Yeah, my, my smart uh, smoke detector. Your smart smoke detector. Now, how do most of these things communicate with your device? Many smart of them. Sc- my smart scale all over Wi-Fi. And it works great. Exactly. However, how great a battery life do some of those devices have? Uh, <laughs> uh, my, my scale's battery finally died uh, last month. And I had it for two years or so. My the other one's battery, very... My scale's battery dies because sometimes I, like, drop a shirt on it or something. So it'll <laughs> yeah, like, he's like, a... continuously, like, be freaking <laughs> out and, like, trying to synchronize. And then it just dies after a day or two. Uh, but it's human error, I, I guess. I would love to see Colby live in a 100% smart home. <laughs> I feel like that'd be hilarious. Yeah, just drop him in, like, Bill Gates' house where there's a trampoline room and all this crazy stuff. <laughs> just to see what, you know, he walks into the room, start talking to him, and... Colby reviews smart devices. Yeah. Yeah. I do it. Talks about how much he wants them and then complains about how much they <laughs> suck. <laughs> Once well, again, I was disappointed. There's, like, a dream that I want in, in the reality, which is... 
different. Well, hopefully this new Wi-Fi will make it better. So traditionally, as Dan said, you're connecting over Wi-Fi. The problem is it uses a lot of battery, um, and uh, it doesn't go particularly far. Or you're connecting via Bluetooth, which if you're using a Bluetooth device, you get better battery life, but connecting is kind of a pain, and Bluetooth doesn't work that great. So a new Wi-Fi standard, it's being called Halo, spelled capital H, lowercase a, capital L, lowercase o, lowercase w. Halo. Halo. I didn't name it. Um, and it's an extension of the upcoming 802.11ah standard developed by the Wi-Fi Alliance. Basically, the short version is it uses the 900 megahertz spectrum um, to uh, deliver Wi-Fi uh, with a longer range. It will be able to connect using uh, normal Wi-Fi standards, so to your existing router in your home. And it will use less battery life, they say. Um, it's, it's really designed to be used in smart devices, especially because it is not good for high data transfer. This is for something that kind of spurts out little bits of data over time. Something you ping, not something you're transferring gigabytes of files over. That's the downside. It's not going to be fast. But again, it's designed for those smart uh, uh, watches and the, and the thermostats and the smoke detectors and your fridges and all those sorts of things in your home. So it's basically Bluetooth. It's Bluetooth, but they say it will work better. It will go farther, and it will, uh, um, yes, it will mostly go farther and so be more reliable so, and be interchangeable. Between, between Bluetooth and like XB or something like that is what it sounds like to me. Yeah, I mean it'll. Uh, yeah. Whereas X, XB is like, uh, I mean, it's like Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, but it's it's super uh, low bandwidth. Mm -hmm. Uh, probably, I would imagine it has better range than this too, mm -hmm. uh, but also very low power as well. And that's what a lot of the, a lot of current smart things uh, use. Well, and that's kind of part of the the problem, right? Is that there are so many competing standards now um, with a lot of these things. Now, of course, this is from the Wi-Fi Alliance, who standardizes <laughs> all those uh, 802.11.8. Was it A, B, G, N? AC, soon AH, um, they certify these standards, so it is coming from a very well-known, reputable body. Uh, but it is going to require new hardware and devices for this to work. So, um, And they say it's some crazy amount of time off in the future, like five Two years. years I think, right? uh -huh. No, I don't know. I read so many stories, I got them mixed up. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, begin, they expect to begin certifying products in 2018. So you're right, a, cu a couple years, three, three, two, three years. Um, and it the beauty of... 16 now, so... That's right, two years. And the beauty of this, too, is that these devices will work with existing Wi-Fi. So, it, you know, you don't have to get a new router for your home, at least. So when you get your new device, it will work with the older standards. It'll just be more efficient over the new ones. Right. Cool All stuff. right, that doesn't sound... So bad, but it's also five years out. So well, yeah. And we'll listen, see then. I hate Bluetooth. <laughs> I I really I hate it. It never works for yeah. me. Yeah, it's an enormous and pairing and all of this range and yep. juggling multiple devices. I literally have. It's got to be something like eight or ten different Bluetooth things connected to my phone, um, and it just it never works. So, and I don't know if that's iOS or if it's what it is, but. Yeah, the only thing that really works is the Apple Watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unsurprisingly, right? Yeah. 
Yep, I was just having this problem today where my <clears throat> my mouse, my Bluetooth mouse at work just kept disconnecting. It disconnects about two or three times a day. Uh, I so I had problems with Bluetooth stuff uh, when I was at Facebook. No, it might have been HubSpot. I can't remember, but in any case, I was using it and I was having the same problem. And I chalked it up to interference and got a wired keyboard. <laughs> yeah, my keyboard's wired. Yeah. My my mouse isn't though. Maybe I should just buck up and get a wired mouse. Well, and that's that's why I had a Bluetooth mouse. But it's amazing to me that even if you get a you know, like I've got a Logitech wireless mouse here, they don't even use Bluetooth. If you get the dongle, it's all, um, it's all um, radio. It's all radio waves. So, it, well, that's yeah, isn't have, that that's I part of the problem with with all of these things is that because they're in unlicensed spectrum, mm-hmm. there's no like, uh, there's no guarantees as to who's using it. Anyone can use it for anything. Right. So, like your Xbox controllers and your Wi-Fi and your mice and your keyboards and your, uh, you know, fridges and washing machines and phones and headphones, they're all, like, muddled up in the same thing. And, like, the more crowded a space you're in, the more things are in that mm-hmm. uh, uh, in that chunk of spectrum. Isn't the real problem the uh, that it would be fine if it was just one wireless network, but when you have multiple wi-fi networks in the same physical location mm-hmm. yeah uh, especially and then there's that channels thing where if you're on a different channel you won't step on each other but there's only like a dozen channels you can use mm-hmm. uh and i can see uh about 50 different wi-fi networks where i am right now <laughs> yeah and you know it's and this is chalk this up to ces but a kickstarter was announced at ces which i don't didn't even know you could do um, but someone <laughs> went there to announce their Kickstarter, which is a, um, and I forget the name of the company. I wish I remembered it, but, uh, a router that intelligently scans oh, yeah, for too. what bandwidths, uh, which, which in the spectrum are the busiest and it avoids sending your data over there. Yeah. Um, over those. A, if I, if I recall that correctly, it also said it uses more, it has more channels yes. than a normal router has. Yeah, it's like eight versus two or something like that. Yeah. Um, specifically designed to to speed things up that way. Right. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. So look for that in 2018. Um, <laughs> never. N- yeah. Well, like a lot of things at CES, it may never come out. So we'll see. Um, gentlemen, what uh, what else is in here? We can talk about drones, Major League Gaming, washing machines, <laughs> uh, Yahoo, Facebook. Uh, I mean, we should talk about the, the washer thing, but then we should talk about Major League Gaming. All right. And I do want to get to the Facebook story as well. Oh, yeah, that's a classic. That's that's a fascinating story, in my <laughs> opinion. But we'll start with the simple one, which is the washing machine. Can't go through CES without a wacky washing machine. Dan, as you brought up, you may remember last year's washing machine in your washing machine, which had the drawer with the smaller washing machine. No, what one are you talking about? Oh, I was talking about the one where it would, it would, you could tell when your clothes were done on your phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had that for years. Useless. No, it's, you remember my argument about why it's useless, right? I don't remember. No. There is absolutely no action you can take based on that information. If you're not home. Right. And that doesn't involve you going down and physically operating the thing to get the clothes out of it. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. The buzz works really well. 
Well, good news, Dan. Your washer can now do more things you may not have needed it to do. Whirlpool <laughs> announced their washer and dryer are intelligent, but not just regular intelligent. No, they're super intelligent because they are integrated with the Amazon Dash service, which you may remember those little buttons you can buy that you push and buy you things through Amazon. Well, now your uh, Whirlpool smart appliances will integrate using their app. Uh, they describe it really well in here, so I'd rather read what they say. Um, both devices, your your washer dryer and a dishwasher, are capable of working out how many wash cycles you've done since your last order of detergent and will prompt you via the app to buy more when you might be running low. Okay. Uh, it can also do a bunch of other things, um, like... Uh, uh, you can tell it to activate modes like automatically turn on quiet mode and when night comes around or, or or what they call wrinkle shield for when you're away from home but don't want your clothes crumpling in the dryer. I don't know what that is, but um, it's Nest compatible. It's all these other things. Um, it integrates with their Smart Kitchen Suite software and um, it'll be available uh, later this year for uh, $1,400 a piece. I'm I'm so I admittedly did not read this whole article. I saw the title and assumed that the washer would like automatically order detergent for you or something uh, when you were close to low. I'm pretty disappointed to learn that all of that's <laughs> no, it's a notification. Yeah, but it's probably I'm assuming they don't say I'm assuming it's one click in the app to just rebuy. Yeah, I guess that's fine. What it really needs is like a scale that you put the detergent on. And then when it gets low, it knows, and it, like, knows your rate of usage over time. Well, so that's what, just, boom, order well, it for That's you. what they say. I mean, most washers, most high-end washers these days, they have, you know, stuff you pour it in that measures it. So it knows how much you're using per cycle, hypothetically. Right. But it needs to know how much you have left, too. And then it needs to do it for you, because that's the future. Colby's Col- not wrong. I was about to say, Colby, you live in an apartment building with a bunch of shared machines, so... Yes, I do. <laughs> I, I wish I didn't. I, I would love to have my own washer. But no, I this don't. would be cool. But at the same time, these are really expensive. Like, $1,400 <laughs> each. So you, so for both, you get 2800 and then you throw in the dishwasher and... But hey, it'll order detergent for you. So anyway, and we're going to have... Uh, it's, we didn't put it in today's rundown because I wanted the official details. They haven't announced it yet, but Samsung has a fridge with a giant screen in it that has a camera inside that looks at your food and tells you when it's going bad, or at least that's what is rumored. Um, oh, okay. I'm on board now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I want to know how that works. Like, I might like, have to buy a house just to buy that. <laughs> it would be sweet. Cool, so you, you, We should... We should uh, yeah. This would be this would be your dream. You could just you could just get paid to live in a house where people install smart home like stuff. The test house. Yeah, the test. <laughs> Colby Rabadou's House of the Future. <laughs> yeah, I like it. What would be what would be the one if if you could make anything happen? What would be the one thing that doesn't exist today that that you would want in your smart home? Anything at all, like anything at all. This one idea you've had, or it's like, well, it's not really possible. It's not really something feasible. Something that cl- cleans up the kitchen for me. <laughs> I feel like that's the, besides commuting, that's what I spend the most time doing that is not, 
like you know i honestly i don't mind it it doesn't take that long it's like you know i spend 20 minutes a day like cleaning the kitchen mm-hmm. uh but it is like a non-zero amount of time right maybe you, I, I don't know maybe i do like it, it though it is kind of maybe like a washing machine well i i have a dishwasher that's what i meant yeah uh, no, what they should do is they you should just put all your dishes in the sink and then like a lid comes over and then they just wash it, it just in the sink. It. Yeah. And that, but then the they got to put itself away. Have, right. have you all ever looked in uh, worked in one of the in a uh, an actual professional kitchen? <laughs> no, God no. <laughs> okay. They they have these things called Hobart machines. They're oh, just... are those the ones you slide the the tray into and then Yep, and you close it and you wait about 30 seconds and you lift it back up and you slide it out the other end. Well, I know I saw a design mock-up. I don't know if they ever built it of like your upper cabinets in your kitchen being where the dishwasher is and then you just leave the dishes in there after they've been washed. So you put mm. them away dirty and you run it and then that's just your shelf. That sounds good too. I would accept that. <laughs> that sounds elaborate. Yeah. Definitely. But someday. You wait. CES 2018. Wait, Colby. For for only $9,945, you could get a fully conveyor belterized Hobart machine. You could eat eat with your I'm sure it only takes up like 75% of the space in my apartment, too. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm trying to get the exact dimensions. (laughs) Not telling me. It, lo- it looks pretty intense. Just turn your whole kitchen counter into the conveyor belt, and you could just eat right on there. And when you're done eating, it just takes the dish away, and it pops out clean. Um, can we talk real quick about, you know when you right-click on something in Google, uh, in Google Chrome, rather, and you can look up a word, or you can search Google for the word? Yes. I always click look up. I guess there's an OS no. X problem. And... That's never what I want. I don't no. want to know the definition of the word. I want to Google for that thing. I've, I've never done that. <laughs> uh, hmm. Okay, here we go. It's 70 inches by 87 inches by 30 inches. That's actually not that big. <laughs> Coolly thinking <laughs> of how he can redesign on this my kitchen. island. Just right in the middle. <laughs> The centerpiece of the house. <laughs> Worth cool. it. Pitch that to Jill and see what she thinks, and then. Uh... Yeah, yeah. I think she'll be fine with it. <laughs> okay. So, and then we just have to get it up to the apartment. Mm. Right, right. And I'm trying to see here. It might require a gas line. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You think it'd be easy to get one of those? It does. That have. <laughs> mm. It's a bummer. Oh, well. Manual, uh, I guess you'll just have to use your regular old boring dishwasher for now. <laughs> I guess so. Living in the past. Yeah. That's exactly right. Well, now, let's move. Uh, now, yes. a dishwasher that I could start from my phone, that I would actually use. Or something that could be scheduled. Because oftentimes, you're, you're putting dishes in the dishwasher throughout the day. But you don't want to run it immediately. Because you can always put more dishes in. So then you That's go great. up to bed, you initiate the house shutdown thing, and it just yep. starts the dishwasher. Yeah, I totally buy that. Because that's, that's what, actually what I end up doing anyways. The problem there, though, is loading the soap. Like, you need a dishwasher that has, like, a soap reservoir. Why don't they, actually? Don't well, because now they all have, like, the, the pre-done packets. Couldn't you just, like, well, load yeah, them no, like a clip? I feel, I feel like a the, clip, the pre-done <laughs> yeah. 
like well, a Tommy pre- gun drum. <laughs> exactly like that. <laughs> they just sound like you don't even have to unpack it. The you pot, just, like, the whole thing. Into your <laughs> like paintball. This is great. This is a good idea. Oh my god, you guys, Pat- guys! Actually, this is what a patentable idea. <laughs> the self-feeding uh, dishwasher. Right, like uh, the cat, like the cat bowls that feed themselves just by gravity. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. This is a good oh idea. God. Someone get Shark Tank on the phone. <laughs> gonna be rich um fantastic all right let's continue dan you want to talk about major league gaming oh yeah oh uh, yeah i heard i heard this a couple days ago i saw the rumors that activision slash blizzard are they are they really the, i guess you wouldn't know are they actually the same I company do know, now and yes they acquired them years ago yeah, but wouldn't normally under those circumstances, wouldn't you just call yourselves Activision, not Activision Blizzard? Well, the actual name of the company is Activision Blizzard. That's right. like the, the 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 full name. Uh, in terms of you know how an article would write it, I suppose they could just call them Activision. Yeah, it's a good Anyways. question. Yes, yeah, so Activision uh, Blizzard has previously uh, said that they want to get into. Um, eSports, they have a whole division that they made uh, not long ago all about it. And they put their money where their mouth is. They picked up Major League Gaming, uh, arguably the leader in eSports. I hate the name eSports. Um, arguably the leader in eSports. No amount listed as for what they bought them for. Um, which is surprising because Activision Blizzard is a publicly traded company. So you would think they would have to announce that. But whatever. I'm not an expert. Um... But with that comes all of the media properties and all the competitions that go along with it. Competitor EA also has a competitive gaming division that does not own Major League Gaming. It'll be interesting to see what happens there, as well as how the relationship evolves, because Major League Gaming uses games that some of which are Activision Blizzard, some of which are not. So we'll have to keep that going as well. But um, supposedly Activision Blizzard plans to pump some cash um, and use their whatever strategic advantage uh, to make them better. Well, such as our our favorite game, Hearthstone, is an Activision Blizzard game. That's true. Uh, yeah, I I was excited about this, especially <clears throat> did I hear that they're building like a like an esports arena or something? Uh, I forget. Uh, yeah, wait, I don't know. Anyways, World's Force, yeah, esports arena to open in Santa Ana. So let me ask uh, you guys, what, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Dan. Oh, no, no, I was, I had stalled. So what is it, in your opinion, what is it going to take for esports to finally break out into the mainstream? Because I'm not going to argue it's not a success, it is a success within its given demographic. But I, I this, I mean, here's, I, th- I think time, like the people who watch TV. Is it just time? Yes, I think they need to grow old and, and pass away and make way for a new generation. <laughs> All the tweens out there need to start watching more. Uh... Well, I think they will. I mean, I, I think, I think the, are. like, perhaps people our age and maybe a little older than us, like, those are people who watch esports and, mm-hmm. like, as we grow older, uh, like all the people younger than us, esports will exist for them. Mm-hmm. My, my parents will never watch esports. So, like... It's just a, a social change thing. It, it's, it's inevitable. I don't know if it'll be popular. I mean, what is the... 
<clears throat> I'm 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 curious what the uh, Twitch viewer record is. Uh, as of February 2015, 500,000. Uh, well, I know the what is it? No, or more. Hang on a second. I know for a long, I as far as I know, the Super Bowl held the uh, the the single time simultaneous viewing record for a while at just about a million, but I think that got passed recently. So I'm going to say it's between a million and one and a half million simultaneous views is is mm-hmm. kind of the record for mm-hmm. for these kinds of things. Uh, so another another uh, related thing, I was I was watching football with some friends this week on Sunday uh, and someone asked how long did we think the NFL would be around? <laughs> and that's not something I had ever considered. Like the NFL has existed for my entire adult life mm-hmm. or my entire, literally my entire life. The NFL has existed. I never thought I never stopped to consider the fact that it could stop existing. I don't know. I don't know. It when. is an interesting thought. It is, yeah. especially because you think of all the major sports leagues, and none of them are new. I mean, they've, right. they've all been around for a long time, really. Maybe soccer not so much, but certainly the, the big guys. What? What? Dan, can you hear us? Sounds like technical problem. Dan, are you there? I'm here. Okay. Good. We were worried there for a second. I thought we lost <laughs> you. No, um, what, 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 the reason I brought that up is because Activision's e-gaming group is led by former ESPN CEO Steve Borstein who knows more about getting sports on television than any man on the planet I I've read about through the history of ESPN the man was a legend there for a long time so the reason I bring that up is because I just don't know what's holding it back and maybe you're right Colby maybe it is just time but what's interesting to me about this acquisition is I think it gives them what they need the most. They can't solve the time problem. But what they can do to help it is cash. They need mm. cash. And what they have to do is spend a ton of that cash to get organized and, and to get a system in place so people know when competitions are, where they are, where you can watch them, have a dedicated service for it, get that service on all the platforms. It should be as easy to watch a major league gaming event as it is to watch an NBA game. Yeah. I mean, in a, in a way, like I feel like competitive video gaming is well yeah in a, in a sense it's easier there's no like uh i don't know like physical well blackout I mean, maybe, maybe or any of that crap <laughs> right or any of the concussion stuff with the nfl and all like none of that really exists i guess like maybe uh carpal tunnel or something <laughs> could be a problem what but, a scandal right but like literally anything can happen in a in a video game uh, and it's really no less contrived than than any other and any other sports game is. Um, so, have yeah. either of you ever watched any esports stuff on Twitch or anything? Uh, Briefly, not really. No, yeah. I, I had a roommate once who was big into it, and it was always on. Um, what StarCraft? I think was the big one he watched, and uh, and and I watched some of it. And you know the 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 reason I don't watch more is because they don't really play games i know anything about that's the problem because i'm not a player you know like football you get the ball to the other end and you score some points you don't really have to be a, a G- but i you know like um what is it uh what's the game the 
the big popular game. You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Dota. Oh, I'm back. Dota, one of those. Um, I I watch them play it, and I have no idea what's going on, even with commentary. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's so confusing to me because I'm not a player. That's true. Well. Also, imagine you didn't grow up like watching football with your parents or something. Like, oh yeah, I, if, let me tell you, you guys. Yeah, I Dan. have no idea what the hell is going on in football. Okay, like, good. I, yeah, you can't so, pass it back, or you can't pass it some way. You can't pass it. Uh, uh, that's good yeah. to know. It's it's so I went to I went to a baseball game this summer with with a friend of ours who who. Uh, was never really exposed to baseball at any other point in his life. He had so many questions about like uh, what was going on. It's stuff that is just like, yeah, that's the way it is because that's the way it is. But I think I think that's good in a way, and I think that's why Major League Gaming is going to need cash is to expand what games they do and what games they play. Because if they were holding Madden tournaments, that's something I might watch because that's something I understand. Or mm-hmm. here, or or um, you know. Hearthstone, just because I play it, but uh, they're going to have to branch out from from these sort of games they're used to to doing, um, and turn it into more of a holistic service. But you know, I think they'll get there. I think it's just interesting that, and it makes sense. If Activision, this tells me they're serious. I don't know how much they put out, but they bought the biggest guys in the space. So yeah, you know, that's a lot of support. I find that <clears throat> there are some games, and I think that. I found Dota to be one of those games. I went to a live tournament. Uh, I guess we were still doing the show uh, at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had never played or watched any Dota before I went. And I underst- I didn't really understand all the nuance, but like when someone dies, it's bad for that team. Uh, you can tell when someone... You have like a bit of inside knowledge because you can see the whole map. So you're like, oh, aha, they're setting up for this thing which is easy to tell because they're about to surround this one guy and pick him off. Uh, so you can... I got a sense of what progress meant, and I knew when something good was, could happen, or when they're like, right? So you have this tension, this excitement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, this is what is completely missing in baseball. I have no idea at, at any point if something good... It's completely random, basically. Mm-hmm. I don't know if something good or bad is about to happen. I can't tell <laughs> what the strategy is. They might hit the ball well, but they might not. It has no bearing on what anyone else is doing. Yeah. I feel like uh, football is more like that. Like, you, you like, can't, it's, it's much less, like, happenstance and more, mm-hmm. like, you can get a sense as the play is happening uh, if something good is, a, is about to happen or if something bad is about to happen. Right, and you feel smart because you can see you have a view that no one has. <laughs> do they? Uh, I'm sorry. Do they have teams in Major League Gaming? Yeah, like you can root for a team. That's what I like yeah. about sports. You can root for a team. Right. So most of these games, not all, uh, all as far as I know, and I don't know that much, but all these esports teams or games have teams. Even a game like Hearthstone, which I've started to watch a little bit, uh, you're on a team, but you're not competing as a team. You're mm-hmm. just signed by this team, and you wear their shirt or whatever. Uh, but for like Counter Strike and Dota and all of these things, yeah, you're it's a team of people, and they have team dynamics uh, and a coach 
uh, and personality. So one of the big things with esports is like getting the, the the people in front of the audiences so that you can meet these people and realize who they are. Yeah, I think I think it's it, it is very American to to be. I think we are a nation of of team sports and not of individual sports. Now, it's not to say there aren't none, no, you know, golf is a good example of an individual sport, but I just think we're a nation where we root for teams, not individuals. So that's just why I was wondering if if that's a thing, which I guess it is. Oh, yeah. And then there's the different regions. So uh, you have your European region and Korea and China and Taiwan, Australia. Uh, and so oftentimes at the big tournaments, you might have your favorite team from each region, uh, but then you might have your favorite region. So, like, all right, well, no matter who who emerges from the North American finals, I'm going to root for them at the at the World Championships, mm-hmm. which is cool. You don't you don't really get that that off. You don't get that at all in any other sport. Because maybe you go to the Olympics where the teams are completely different, uh, but it's not like you could follow one team from when they first qualify all the way to being World Champions, and it's the same team. I think I'm going to have to do a deep dive into esports at some point and check it out. I, so I wonder just, how you would start. I don't know. That well, I, Maybe, again, that's probably part of their problem, right? Right. You know, I could just turn on the TV and football just happens to be on, and then I can start watching and get interested in it, but I wouldn't well, even... Well, like, going back to what I said about about this being something that, like, football or baseball or whatever our, our sport of choice is, it being something that we were exposed to as kids by, probably by our parents or by our family. Mm-hmm. Like, Very true. once the people who are into esports right now have children, I bet their kids will be into esports because they grew up watching it with their parents. Mm-hmm. That's... I don't know. It's good, I mean, it's, we'll see. Maybe, maybe that won't happen at all. Maybe I. So, and in, another interesting thing I think is that, like, uh, I feel like the the games, the esports games, are always changing. Like, mm-hmm. games go away. There's not like uh, decades of consistency or like relative consistency, like there mm-hmm. is. In, yeah, in and even like beyond that, games. Well, even while they're around change because the developers are patching it and they discover new crazy things. Still one of my... I, I picked this on the show. The uh, uh, Super Smash Brothers was released and never updated. But the game changed so has changed so much throughout the years uh, as people develop new strategies and stuff. Well, that that's true of, of, of football or... or most other major league sports as well like the the rules change sometimes drastically year to year i did not know that yeah <laughs> we're yeah. such nerds <laughs> oh my god this is a slight on all of us oh we're awesome sean we, no i know we're awesome we're just awesome nerds and that's okay we need to watch more esports apparently um i want to make sure we have time because i really do want to talk about this story uh from facebook because i think it is very interesting Here's the scoop. A, a report published today said that Facebook has worked on a number of contingency plans that will allow it to continue operating on Android in the event that Google cuts it off from the Play Store, impacting key services like push notifications, app updates, and in-app payments. Um, let me get into the details here because it's kind of interesting. Um, 
The companies, uh, Google and Facebook, have gotten in spats before about some experiments Facebook have run, like automatically installing new Facebook-made apps for users, which prompted threats from Google's they may cut them off. That's why they're supposedly doing this. Um, some alternative ways would be um, that if there was a new version of the app, Facebook could um, use a link to have them down download it outside of the store directly in the browser. Um and they actually ran a test for a few weeks in a small country for about a week or so, they said. And people actually did it, apparently. Um, another alternative would be to work with phone manufacturers to have Facebook's app pre-installed. Um, now, you said that people in that country actually did it. But if I remember, the wording in that article is a little a little less terrible. I believe they use the words, it wasn't a disaster. Right, it wasn't disastrous. People did it, it wasn't disastrous. That's the exact <laughs> quote from the piece. So you're right, Dan. I should read the whole thing. Um, so anyway, the question is, is Facebook being paranoid or is this just good business? Uh, I think they're perhaps right uh correct to be concerned i i mean google does have have a pretty enormous amount of power in in much the same way as apple has an enormous amount of power on ios but like google uh historically has been more open than that than apple like apple was very closed off like super closed off in that there were no apps at all and then they got more progressively more open where Google is probably the opposite, but there's there's really nothing stopping them from totally changing their mind or, uh, you know, like totally screwing someone over at some point or another. Um, and this is the, you know, that's the closed app ecosystem trade-off. Like, this is what we lose when, when we stop using the web. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Not that... Uh... Facebook is innocent in the loss of the web. No, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> they they embraced it, certainly. Uh, but I Yeah, I mean and also obviously like Facebook pushes uh pushes the envelope sometimes. I I to me it's interesting that this isn't I would bet there are a lot of companies like Facebook who have a contingency plan on paper. It fascinates me that Facebook has not only written out a plan, they've tested it, built it, um, and have done it on real users. Mm -hmm. That is very interesting to me. There was another story that came out today as well, um, separate from this, that Facebook had apparently um, was curious to see if people would um, use the mobiles, uh, what would happen if something were to happen to the Facebook app, if it were to go away? And they purposefully made a buggy version of the app, put it out there, it crashed for long periods of time, and they did it on purpose to see what users would do if the app stopped working, to see if they would be pushed to the mobile web, which they claim most people did. That's That seems like a little too far. <laughs> You guys work in, in this industry, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't imagine it is a standard practice to test something this aggressive with a not insignificant amount of members of an unsuspecting public. Well, I mean, the the 
Facebook is in a unique position in that they can do like statistically relevant tests and actually learn like real things. That's true. Most companies like, you know, uh, not to say that, that Facebook's like number usage doesn't make the money it does, but it's, it's a more indirect, uh, relationship. Whereas like, you know, if, if HubSpot, for example, is broken, people just aren't going to pay us for it. Um, but if Facebook is broken, you know, for a day or something, they 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 have more more sticking power. That's true. Um, so I I'm I'm not necessarily surprised. It is I, I I mean I I I think we could discuss the ethics of that perhaps, but it it I can imagine being in their position and wanting to know, like that's kind of a reassuring thing to know that people will use Facebook uh, regardless of how inconvenient it is for them to use it. You know what I love most about this show? When you change my mind on something. (laughs) Because honestly, no, because I came into this with the story being like, that's creepy. And Facebook is like sketchy. Oh, I don't, I don't mean to say it's not creepy or questionable. Right. Like it is questionable. But um, you make. But a I see, point. like, I can, I can make, I can rationalize an argument for for why you might do it. But but I and don't that's, necessarily. And I think you're right when you talk about the population size. Facebook is unique that they can test these things where other companies can't. I don't want to say get away with it, but they can't really do it. Um, and if that's what it takes, you know, a, a smaller company might just put out a survey to their users. If our mobile app stopped working tomorrow, what would you do? Um, but it's nothing like testing it with real users. So. When you put it that way, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know, Dan. Do you have any thoughts on uh, on this particular story? Uh, I think that a lot of companies, like companies, are looking at this. They're they're asking themselves the question, especially people in my line of work. What what is the easiest thing that could happen to us that would cause us to lose a lot of money? Mm-hmm. That's a very easy thing to have happen. It's even possible. Uh, so now the question is, well, how much would it cost for us to fix it? Uh, and if they deem that the cost of fixing it is uh, weighs wins out against the risk of it happening, they're going to fix it now. Uh, but people do this all the time. It's just usually not for something so uh, understandable to other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, everyone understands, like, oh, they're going to make their own app store and download it. Everyone understands what that means. But not a lot of other people understand what... Uh, what is like Amazon? Amazon's probably like who knows? They could be looking at they're looking at like geopolitical problems, uh, and Google also. We know Google's looking at that. Mm-hmm. So that's the worst thing that could happen that's possible that would cause them to lose a lot of money. So you know who knows what sort of they could have their own counterintelligence departments for all we know. Uh, and they, so. they, I would bet they do. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I, I know the counterintelligence guys at my own company, so they, you know, they do it. That's it is a real thing, and you know you got to remember too. Uh, it's roughly eighty percent of Facebook's ad revenue comes from mobile. So you know if if that were to be cut off, and they're, I'm sure their number one operating system is Android. So you, you can only imagine the financial impact it would have on them. It's just amazing that uh, it's funny that this they care more about this than the Apple problem, mm. which well, I guess is harder to solve. Well, yeah, they they, <laughs> they have less control over it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I'm making wild inferences here, but, um, 
I'm sure they see the growth markets as the sort of third world emerging markets. Their primary operating system there is Android. Um, you know, and if they if they lose a, some chunk of iOS, they probably think they can make it back. Android's probably a bigger chunk of their future business. Mm -hmm. I would guess. It's a wild guess. But I just think it's interesting. And I think this is part of being a tech company you don't really hear about. Um, in the news, I can't remember the last time hearing a story like this where, you know, a company is is coming up with these alternate systems and backups and, you know, people who work in it get it. But I think your average person doesn't really hear these stories. Sure. Right. Well, I think something like that, too, there aren't many companies uh, who could overcome a problem like that. Like if Google decided to shut Facebook out of the the app store. Facebook could probably keep going. One, because people want to use Facebook, but two, because like they're in a position to make deals with carriers and stuff to like just get pre-installed mm -hmm. on phones or like set up their own app store. You know, it's something like, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an insignificant app I use, but like if, if a small like indie app or even like a, a you know, a medium-sized company app or, or like a domain-specific app, like something like, you know, some sort of B2B software product like if if google decides to shut them out of the app store they'd be totally screwed mm -hmm. like it's like okay we can't we just can't be on android like mm -hmm. there's nothing else to do really i guess you can go on like the amazon android store or if if you know an apple locks your app out it's like well sorry <laughs> bummer uh so it's it's an interesting path we've chosen it is and that's what allows i think facebook to to push the envelope as much as they've done because they really have and they've done it on other app platforms too sure. um you know that's that's just part of being the business and i think we'll keep seeing this back and forth and uh facebook is certainly a very unique company uh who does unique things cool well that's it for tech news, we are out of stories. We're going to move on to our picks. We do our picks every week. We each pick something that uh, we want to share with the world. Um, increasingly uh, less reliant on technology, but nonetheless cool. Um, <laughs> and we'll start with picks this week. Uh, we'll do it alphabetically. Colby, why don't you go first for us? Okay. Uh, my pick is is the Cosmos, the, the TV series with, with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, I've been watching that the last couple weeks. I started over vacation when I was at my parents' house and board. Uh, and it's pretty fantastic and uh, mind-blowing and, and inspiring. It's, it's very thoughtful. Uh, and, and I don't know. It's good. It's fun to watch if you, you like science. And you should like science because that's how <laughs> life works. <laughs> so. Cool. Cosmos available now on Netflix and uh, for purchase on Amazon and Google Play. Um, Dan, how about you? What do you What do you got for us this week? Oh yeah, I have a new podcast. So we've all been talking about Star Wars an awful lot, and then a couple weeks ago, I googled Star Wars podcast just to see what was out there, and the one that kept being brought up was this Rebel Force Radio podcast. So I loaded up and I listened to an episode and I decided what would be fun because right after the movie came out, listen to their first episode after the movie came out because I figured that would be a, a great showcase. Uh, and oh my gosh, uh, it is so professionally done. I know, I know we do a good job here, but man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and just 
the the voices they're they're like NPR personalities. They're so good at nice. talking. And it turns out it's because they are NPR personalities. <laughs> I googled this. Uh, one of the two hosts does work for uh, the uh, NPR branch in Chicago. Uh, so they talk, and they go so in-depth. They brought in uh, multiple people that, who had been on on the set for the movie, who had played one-off characters, who had been voice actors, the sound engineer. All, and you get to talk to these people and hear all these stories. It was really, really great. And then today I was listening to, they did a special episode where they dissected the soundtrack and they had this this uh, composer on who had his MIDI keyboard hooked up to Skype and he could play the different parts and tell you what they meant and he was tracking the themes through all the different scenes and, well, oh, here's the, here's the map theme. You only hear it a couple times, but you hear it when the, when the map is shown right in the beginning and then uh, right at the end. Uh, it was, it's so cool. It's one of my new favorite podcasts. Check it out, rebelforceradio.com. I'm excited to listen to it. Yeah. You told me about that this weekend, and I forgot about it, but now I've remembered, and I subscribe to it. Excellent. Yeah. Tomorrow. Cool. We're, we're always good for a new podcast or two, that's for sure. Yeah, if you want to have a good time, go back. It's only been a couple episodes. Uh, actually, that's a lot, but it's been, actually been a couple episodes since the movie came out. They did like three in one week. Uh, Whoa! Yeah, uh, and man, these guys are nerds. It's great. <laughs> and and I'll and I'll put out a general offer. I guarantee you can hit any of the three of us up on Twitter if you need a new podcast to listen to. I would bet between the three of us we can give you That's one. True. So <laughs> if we haven't already picked it on the show, I know we we each listen to a lot. So um, we're always good for that. I guess everywhere. Podcasts everywhere. Uh, I don't know how you guys do it, but. <laughs> you do so. Uh, I will wrap up with my pick. I've talked web comics on the show before, and I've highlighted one or two I liked. Um, today, I'm going to do the same. Poorly drawn lines. Yes, you should go there. They have a website, poorlydrawnlines.com. But I'm actually highlighting the book. The book they did. Um, the 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 guy who does the web comic, uh, Reza Farazmand, um did the first print version. This is a comic I followed for for a while. They're very short panels. They're usually four to six panels they're very short um and i just think they're really funny because they're kind of odd and dark and then usually the last panel kind of gets you a little bit um but you can get the book now which is great and it's a great coffee table book i'm excited when i move into my new place to get a bookshelf to display all these books but um <laughs> I, I i flagged a couple that's what the the, the little post-it stickies don't come with it but um <laughs> i flagged some comics to show you um so you'd have an idea of what's in the what you can get because it's this beautiful full page um, print and it says right here there's a guy and he's talking with a robot and he says Ro this is like children's book time robot why won't anyone hang out with me and he says I am uploading the data now and then it and then he's waiting it says beep boop and then the robot says you're a dick <laughs> so there you go that's that's just some of what you'll get um, in this book. So I recommend it. Uh, the link is going to be on the website, Poorly Drawn Lines. At least go to the website, PoorlyDrawnLines.com. But the book is also great as well. So that is my pick this week. And that is it for the show, gentlemen, unless you've got anything else you want to share with the fine folks at home. No, sir. I don't. No, sir. Well, I'm going to share that everyone should go over right now to GoldilocksShow.com. And listen to these two guys, myself and Matt Mariani, play Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> We're having a lot of fun. 
uh, doing our adventures, um, and getting getting into some trouble, getting into some fights, uh, killing some people, and uh, going through mysterious tunnels, and I almost die once again. Uh, it's a lot of fun, so check that out. GoldilockShow.com. Uh, you can go there and get that. And, of course, this show, Don'tPanic.io, is our website. You should go there. It's nice. Uh, it's very white. It's very clean. Uh, and there you get links to everything we do, past episodes, our picks each week, uh, where to subscribe, and I will tell you at Don't Panic Show on Twitter. And if you have feedback for us, we want it. She should give it to us. Don'tPanicShow at gmail.com. Uh, we answer every email. You know, guys, fun fact, we've never gotten a listener email. Wow. Really? Yes. So... You can start. Don't panic. Show at gmail.com. Uh, fantastic. We will be back next Monday. We do the show Monday nights, ten roughly 10 p.m. Eastern when things are working. Um, if you follow us on Twitter, I tweet. We do stream the audio live. Come and join us. Listen, chat with us. You can tweet at us. We'll talk about you on the show. Uh, we've done it before. We'll do it again. So uh, join us 10 p.m. roughly. But again, I sometimes we're late. I tweet when we actually go live. So at Don't Panic Show. I think that's it. We'll be back next week with wall-to-wall CES coverage. All the gadgets, all the fun, all of the smart devices and the autonomous cars and the hoverboards and the rocket skates and whatever else they come up with. We'll talk about it next week. Thank you for joining us this week, and we'll see you next time for a brand new episode of Don't Panic.